Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. my friends to the show that never ends we're so glad you could attend come inside come inside to another episode of there's still time broadcasting on citr radio 101.9 fm from the unceded muscovum territory at the university of beautiful and getting far far too hot for me british columbia i'm michael mccall and i'm zachary Eisenheimer. I tried something a little bit different to start the show this week. Did, did you like it? Oh, are you asking me or the listeners? Well, both. <laughs> you, you, first of all, since you're mainly the person that I'm talking to. <clears throat> yeah, I was okay. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I, I thought it was good. It's actually the lyrics of a song by 70s prog rock band Emerson, Lake and Palmer. The song is called Carn Evil Number no. 5 and... I, I just liked that. I thought, we'll try something different. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Because I think some folk probably feel when they have listened to our shows in recent weeks that these three-hour spectaculars are never-ending. Yeah, that's fair. The good thing is, though, this is not a three-hour show. I'm going for a shorter show this week because the White Caps have had a, a bye week. It's not a bye week, Michael. <laughs> It's kind of a bye week. There, there's no games to play, and they're out of the cup. Yeah, it's not a bye week. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it's a week to to regroup, get their guys focused, integrate their new additions mm-hmm. in Sam Adekugbe and Richie Larea. We'll hear from them in this part, from their introductory press conference that was held on Wednesday. We'll play a, a little bit from that, chat a bit about that. I hope to, over the next two shows, to have a a chat one week with Sam, one week with Richie, get some other interviews thrown in as well, because you're going to be away. Yeah. Can we say where you're going, or do you want to keep that a secret? No, it's a secret. It's a secret secret location. Okay. I don't don't want to to tell anyone about it, because then everyone will go there. Ah, yes. That that is a very good point. It's the kind of place you do want it all to yourself. (laughs) <laughs> totally. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it when you get back. And then my my usual stand-in, Felipe, he's he's going away as well. Well, he is away yeah. right now. But we'll get into the football chat at some point too. This is why the shows are three hours. But how, how has your week been? Yeah, very, very busy. Getting ready to go away. I've had a lot to uh, do and prepare. And yeah, very, very busy. 
Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. What else did I do this week? I did other stuff. Yeah, I lo- yeah, I had so much going on, so much, so much. Yeah, it was a, a busier than normal. Well, I, at least didn't have a Vancouver FC home game. <laughs> but we'll we'll touch upon them. I'm gonna, the, I'm going away before part. the next one too, so I'm missing the next one, which is a derby. Which is yeah, I I hope to get yeah. out to that. Oh oh, sweet, really? Can Depend- I tell? Can I tell the team? Yeah, because that, that that's their that's their third home win. That might be my last game I get out to this year, so that's their only third and only oh. home win. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the weather goes. It's it's been very hot. It may cool down for next weekend, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes as well. I've been watching so much football this week. It's oh, I, I've been all over the globe. Watched an Australian Cup round of thirty-two game on. Now, let me, I think it was Friday night and Saturday morning where the NPL champions were taking on one of the A-League sides. They led twice and it was Melbourne City that they were playing. And then Melbourne City scored deep, deep, deep into stoppage time to take the cup shock away. So that was disappointing. Watched some New Zealand Cup football as well. And have you been following the story in the UEFA Champions League? Oh, the bad blue boys? The what boys? The bad blue boys? In Greece? Oh, no. K.I. Klaxvik, Faroese champions? Oh, no, sorry. You know we're a show that embraces Faro football? Yes. I mean, have you been following K.I. Klaxvik's journey? No, not at all. Oh, Oh, well, let me regale you with this before we get into the, the other football chat then. They are currently in the third qualifying round of the UEFA Champions League. They are already guaranteed a spot in the Conference League group stages. They'll be the first Faro team to be in any group stage of European competition. They beat Hungarian side Ferenc Varos. Oh, Ferenc Varos? Yes. I think from Budapest. Might be wrong. Yeah, Uh, yeah, they're from Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. So they're from Hungary. So they, they beat them in the, the first qualifying round. And that was a big shock because the first game was 0-0 in the Pharaohs. And then they went to Hungary and won it 3-0. So that moved them through to the second round where they took on Swedish side Haken. Hmm. Won a penalty shootout after a 3 all draw in the second leg to go through to the third qualifying round. First leg took place this week in the Faroes. KI 2-1 lead they take into the second leg over Norwegian side Molde. Hmm. And they were oh, yeah. good good yeah. value as well for, for that 2-1 as well. So they, if they win this, they'll be guaranteed to go into the Europa League group stage. And they're technically three legs of football away from getting in the Champions League group stage, which would just be amazing. Because mm. I Molde, have still uh, Molda, I think Rob Friend played for Molda. Are you you um so like have you heard about the bad Blue Boy story? No, that I don't know. You can tell me your story. Sorry, when you were talking about the UEFA champ, I, I think it was. I, it's I just because Cla- Klaxvik playing blue, so I thought is that a nickname I haven't heard oh. for them? But oh, this is this is. But I think this is. Yeah, it must be Champions League qualifying. I, uh, maybe it could be. I guess. Uh, oh, Europa Rob did play for Molda, two thousand four yeah, to two thousand six. I knew. I knew. I knew that. Oh, sorry, I was pretty sure that I knew that. <laughs> um, 
No, uh, I can't believe you haven't heard this. This is like, dude, it was like a, uh, bad, bad blue boys are, were seeking some revenge, uh, from last time they played in Greece or whatever. And, uh, I, I can't remember if fans are already banned from this match, but they oh, went. Oh, is this Croatian fans? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so they went, I did they, see a headline about this. Yeah. They went, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was where the game was played or in a nearby city or whatever. And they attacked, they, they, there was a meeting at a. At a training ground, I think it was outside a training ground, and they stabbed like a a, a Greek ultra guy to death or whatever. Oh, wait to keep uh, it light. I had a nice yeah. fairy tale story from the Champions yeah. League. <laughs> oh, he said big news from the Champions League. I was like, a uh, guy losing his life. Is there anything bigger than that? Like, but I guess the Pharaoh story is nice too. But like, yeah, no, I I originally heard it because I saw the um, the ultras from uh, Rapid Vienna, um, who. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, they uh, they had a they had a banner at the weekend that said, "Killers in our movement are killing our movement," which I thought was a, quite an interesting commentary on it all. But yes, that's quite sad. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, tragic. I mean, but and then there's all and then the within the ultras world, there's all this like back and forth over like yeah, you know. It's not a. It's not real. It's not real hooliganism, essentially, because they bring knives and this is what happens and blah blah. All these ridiculous conversations or whatever. But yeah, it's incredibly sad, obviously. And yeah, I love football, but uh, and and football, of course, makes you dislike people or clubs or both or whatever. But like or or organizations or governing bodies. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. I like. I like that a lot. Um, but not to the point of like, uh, yeah, like, uh, like stabbing someone to death, you know, like, no. it's just, it's mind blowing, mind blowing. I mean, it is. I mean, I just, but in all seriousness, I know we have our jokey football violence awareness month and everything like that, but it's like, just so sad. I hadn't heard about that. I must go back and read the article. Yeah. I, I, they had it, something in the Guardian about it and I hadn't, I hadn't read it. Yeah, and I'm probably like I, there's a fuller story. It's a it was all I read was it was it was revenge for what like they had been outdone or they had been beaten up or were attacked by Greeks last time they were in Greeks and so like one one the one article I read said like they'd been planning this for years like they're like next time we're in Greece this is what we're doing like wow. we're so years we're going later. and we're gonna get back at, at these people I we want to say get back I, I don't necessarily mean the like killing someone but like having a yeah. significant alter, altercation where they have the upper hand or they bring knives or whatever whatever right like yeah and, and i know all this to some people i'm listening to this i'm sure they're probably just disgusted and can't understand this world but it is a it is an interesting world where like yeah the people like to like get together in groups around the club they support and go out and fight other people from other 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 groups and it mostly takes place now away from the stadium which yeah that's the one positive of it obviously but um well it's like that italian film that we reviewed last right, year that right. we watched on netflix ultras and it's like yeah. uh, apparently that's very very close to what a, a lot of the stuff happens over over in italy and stuff and yeah and like it is good that it no longer happens in grounds like it used to, but um, and it's not again not a culture I think is uh, anything to aspire to in any way, shape, or form. But no, I know uh, I don't, I don't get the, it. Yeah, and then there's the conversation around. Okay, we're going to do this stuff, but 
you know, you, like there are they're like they have their own rules, right? Like you don't yeah. bring weapons, you don't bring knives, like you don't yeah. bring knives, right? So the, like, within that within that community, there's significant uh, conversations happening around all this kind of stuff or whatever. But yeah, when someone dies, obviously it's yeah. it's ridiculous. In in Scotland, there's a a growing ultras movement because folk are seeing the European atmosphere and they're trying to bring that atmosphere to the games. With it comes not anything to this extent, but there's there's a growing number of people throwing flares onto pitches during games and disrupting games and this artificial pitches in the, the Premier League as well. Some of them are getting burned from stuff that's getting mm. thrown on it and fans are getting hurt or burnt themselves or smoke inhalation and it seems I mean it's not just in football because I've read a lot of this about like cinema goers and like going to the theatre to see plays people's behaviour post-covid people seem to have stopped forgetting how to behave in certain situations anyway let's get back to lighter things and football because it's been more good news for the Whitecaps this week because they got to, to introduce their two new big Canadian signings. Sam Arakugbe returning to his home here in Vancouver. Richie Larea coming to Vancouver for the first time. Both delighted to be here despite what my photographs that I tweeted out <laughs> made them look like. I'd, I maybe caught them at a bad moment. They did look miserable as hell in it, but there they were smiles during the press conference, so they, they are happy to be here. Well, we'll talk a little bit about it to, to round off this part, but I just want to bring you, first of all, just some audio from that press conference. A lot of you won't uh, have seen this, so just here's Sam and Richie just talking about their move to the Caps. morning everyone um it's always nice to be back at my you know where I started you know I came here when I was uh, 16 years old and you know the club's been through ups and downs but just seeing the progress and the momentum in the last couple years it's uh very exciting and it wasn't long ago that I spoke with uh Axel and the boss in uh, the last transfer window and we tried to make something happen but of course you know devastating things occurred and it wasn't possible then, and I had the opportunity to go try something different and experience uh, something unique. But I think the time to come back was now, you know. Like the boss said, just seeing the momentum of the group, how they are competing, and not just the way they're competing, but how they're also playing, you know. I think it's important to uh, play in a team where you feel comfortable, where you can express your qualities, and I think that the, the group that they have going right now is uh, allows us to do that. And as the coach said, you know, I think we're able to bring some flexibility to the squad and some different types of experiences. You know, Richie's has uh, won a title. He's played in Europe and myself, you know. So we're very excited to be here and um, I'm just looking forward to competing on the pitch and doing something very exciting. You know, I, we, I watched it, the Tigres match for a portion of it. Of course, we didn't win, but it's nice to see the progress and the growth compared to when they played maybe four or five years ago that, you know, they took the best team in. You could probably say CONCACAF, especially in Mexico, to the to penalties. And I think it just shows the momentum of the team. And, you know, coming at this moment felt right. And now I'm just looking forward to getting on the pitch and playing football. Yeah, probably a little bit of what everyone said. Um, 
first, I'm happy to be here. Um, I was, like Sam, able to watch the game against Tigres, and I thought there's a lot of very positive things. And then being able to watch a little bit of training today, there's a lot of quality in the group as well, which is, you know, very good for us. And then adding, you know, guys like Sam and um, to the to the fold, I think it's perfect for me. Um, I'm, a, I'm a competitor. I want to win. And that's the vision I see for the club when I've spoken with my agent who spoke with Axel, speaking with Vani, and that's the biggest thing for me. I want to compete. I want to win. This group can do it. I know, um, uh, obviously, it's um, steps that the club wants to take. But for me, I think it's the MLS. and uh, Playoffs is unpredictable, and this group has a lot of quality, quality. So for me, to add Sam, to add myself into this group with a lot of quality, I'm... I think uh, very positive things can happen. So I think the bar for this group is set high. Uh, for myself, I set it high, and it's to win. So there's no doubt in my mind this team can go on and make a run in the playoffs and go to that MLS Cup. That's what my vision is for the club. It might sound ridiculous to some people, but that's just the way I um, I do business. And, yeah, that's what my expectations are coming here is to, the team to do well, for the club to do well and be pushing for for big heights all the time so that's i think why they brought us in is to try to do things like this and then with the group that they already have doing well the last couple of years i think this is very achievable so um steps will be taken to get there i know it's obviously a decent amount of games left but that's from what i've heard from guys inside the team to axel vani and then speaking with sam even just on the field, it's um, something that's doable. So I think that's what we have to set our heights on. And same with all of you guys. Um, that's where the direction of the club needs to go. So, Was coming back to Vancouver always on your list? And do you look at this as rewriting your chapter? Because I think when you were first here, we all expected you to grow this club. And, and for whatever reason, it didn't. I think you've matured as a person. You've matured as a player. Two-part question. Was it always on your radar? And how different is it for you? And are you rewriting your Vancouver Whitecaps chapter? Um, yeah, most definitely. Like I said, this is where I started. I joined the program when when they came into MLS, and I got to be a part of that and experience something different. And yeah, I can be honest and say it didn't go to the to, to the way I expected it to. You know, and that's football. You know, you 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 gain experiences, and it helps define you as a person. But I think coming back was the right decision. Uh, right decision. You know, like like I said earlier, I spoke with Axel and Vanny um, in the last transfer window, and it didn't go well. Um, things happen and that's life but just looking at the group now I see so many positive things you know I see a great locker room I see no egos I see a coach who's enthusiastic and passionate I see a sporting director who's really pushing for the team to go to the next level and if I can add my little bit of experience and I want to do that and, and I want to create history here you know it's this is my it's my home this is where I started and it's important for me to leave my mark on the club which I have so much passion and love for and by any ways, I want to do that. Like Richie said, we're competitors and we want to win. And football's about winning games. It's not about enjoying it and being comfortable. And if you don't have that expectation for ourselves, then we're really wasting our time. And that's the way I look at it now is coming back with a purpose, with a mentality where I've, where I've got to see the other side of the world and being able to see championships. I've been able to see just many different experiences. You know, I was in Brighton when we promoted to the Premier League. I was able to win a championship with Galatasaray and just having these little bits of um, experience, it's it's something that I really want to bring and push and leave a bit of an influence on the group. Last question for you, Richie. Um, when will you decide on if you want to make this a long-term commitment to this uh, franchise? 
in terms of signing an extension and, and spending a few more years than just the, the rest of the season? Yeah, I think um, for me, I'm a type of guy as well. Um, I like to go day to day, so that has been my mentality. Um, in the past, I've looked a little bit too far into the future, and I think it affects me in the present. So for me, I'm day to day. The club again since I come has been really good. They've welcomed me well. Um, the again, the project here is very good. So it's definitely a place long term that it, I think is going to be competing with the rest of the teams in the West and MLS in general with the way it's going currently. So. Yeah, I think I'll take it day to day, but uh, so far it's been so good and everything I've seen and heard um, from people in this building, outside of this building has been positive. So that's um, the way I'm looking at it right now. Just to continue then with that, Richie, the last couple of years, how difficult has it been for you? You you make the move to England, the team goes up, basically buys a whole new squad. Are you just kind of yearning for that stability back again to know that you've got a long-term future somewhere? Yeah, that's obviously important um, with obviously having a family and all that type of stuff. Stability is always good, so um, definitely top of the list. But I also don't trade those experiences that I've had these past four or five years for anything. You know, my um, career, I think, has been rough to start and has been moving forward um, as of when I landed in Toronto in 2019. So I think I'm just taking it all in at this moment. I wouldn't go back on anything that I've done, so... um, yeah, I think I would say that, but for sure, stability is important. I think moving forward, especially into a new World Cup cycle, um, with having a young family as well, I think that's uh, super important. Sam, glad to have you back at the club. First of all, the Sam that's coming back now, how different are you as a player and a person from the Sam that left in 2017? I think as a person, I've gained many new experiences, and I think that. You know, experiencing different things, I've grown, I became more mature. You know, when I was here, I was a I was a young kid. You know, and the White Caps gave me everything, but I think at the same time, I took advantage of it, and I wasn't able to give my my full self. You know, I was very comfortable, and I needed that I needed that change to go and experience something different and change my mentality. And I think that I've grown a lot in the last you know six seven years since I've been abroad. And I think as a player, I've just you know, I've played in so many different environments and I've had so many different experiences that I've grown, you know, I think I think I saw a stat that I came back here with 250 games and it just shows that, like, with that comes a lot of experiences, with a lot of bad games, with a lot of good games, with a lot of goals, with a lot of assists, and ultimately I've, I've grown as a player and, you know, I think with time everything, everything, everything progresses and I think with those experiences, as a, growing, growing as a player and as a person, it's just something, you know, something unique. Did you guys talk about everything that did you guys know that we were both signing for this club or was it a surprise when you were both announced he told me it was coming so i came it was was literally like that you know like uh we speak to each other quite a lot we're really close as well on the national team you know it's like one of my closest friends on the national team and um i just think when we found out each other was was coming like uh it was so late in the window that i just called richie Richie was calling me. He's like, are you going? I said, yeah, I'm going. Are you going? He said, yeah. And then he says, here we are, you know. And we're also both close with Toss, uh, who used to be a player here. And he's been really influential in our careers. You know, we've we've known him since the national team. We've known him. He's almost a big brother to us, him, Atiba, uh, Junior, uh, the Guzman. You know, these are these are people who's played a lot of uh, an important part in our career. And also having him give us, you know, the push and the, the drive to come because, you know, 
it's very easy to talk with the with the with the coach and the sporting director about the project because they're very ambitious and very passionate for the team. But when you speak with someone who's who's experienced different things as a player as well and someone that you really do trust, it gives you that added confidence. And you know, I spoke with these guys in the last window, and I spoke with Toss then, and I spoke with Toss now, and. You know, they weren't lying seeing the growth and how the team is competing now in the playoff spot and not just being there but playing with good football. It, you know, it was it, it, the decision was very easy for me. Uh, let's start with you, Richie. Does it feel any different joining a team that has such a long history with TFC, uh, who is, you know, a rival nationally? Yeah, I mean... That's there, but it happens in football, right? So it's uh, for me normal. It happens everywhere across the world, and yeah, it just comes for it, comes with it. And for me, I have a lot of respect still for Toronto FC, of course, for the people there in the front office. They've done a lot for myself and my my family. Um, the guys that are still there, Bill Manning and Jason Hernandez, have done a lot for me. They you know pulled a lot of different strings um, many years to keep me there and get me to extend and make sure my family was comfortable. And now they're obviously in a tough moment, but going through a re rebuild and I know they'll do just fine and doing that and getting back, um, the, getting the club back to where it needs to be. But uh, again, for for me now, um, my competitor hat's on and the, um, what matters to me is what happens here. You know, everything else uh, is, I don't care, honestly. And I, I don't mean that rudely, this is, my club now, this is where my focus is, but um, always, obviously always wishing a club like that that's taken me under and really I feel like starting my career, have a lot of gratitude and appreciation for them. So that will never leave, but just like when we play against them, I'm, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, to win the game. I'm going to do everything possible, whatever that looks like, to, to win the game. And they know me as a person and I'll be doing that as well. So yeah, a lot of love and respect for them, but everything... That matters now for me is in this building and what this team's going to be doing. Uh, question for both of you: How do you guys see your roles in the locker room? Are you going to be those veteran guys, or you still feel like you're on the the learning process as developing as players? Yeah, I would say definitely veteran experience. Um, whether it be European games, MLS game, national team games, you know, we have that. So it's. Um, I think important for us to take that uh, step to help, you know, the other um, veterans and leaders in the team keep pushing this team forward, you know, and it's not only, um, well, the way I look at it, it's not us being head figures on the team. I think everyone needs to contribute in their own ways, even the young guys, the guys um, that are coming up and trying to make their careers. Everyone has to help each other in this push to bring the club where it needs to be. But uh, I think for sure we need to bring that on and off the field, both um, Sam and I, and help the other veterans and help the younger guys also push forward. Yeah, I think similar to what Richie said, you know, we bring different experiences and you can use that as leadership. You can also be humble and learning from people who have, you know, done a lot of things. And I think just bringing something fresh and getting along with the guys. And, I mean, there's – I just see so much positivity in what we can do. But – you know, I'm not the kind of person to talk to young players and push them. I just like to play football and listen to the older guys and try and talk to the younger guys. But, you know, just bringing something different, it can be viewed as leadership. It can also be viewed as, um, you know, just being a, a bit younger in sense of footballing identity. But I'm just I'm just looking forward to it.
Sam and I could be Richie Larea there just chatting about their move to Vancouver. Questions from myself, Jay Janower, and JJ Adams there. They both spoke very highly, Zach, of the, the club, the proposition that was put to them as to what Axel wants this club to be and to become. And they both spoke very highly as well of Axel in his negotiations with them. Yeah, well, we, we've talked about how, well, I've, I, I talked, I think, on the last episode mm-hmm. about how I think Axel has done a really good job at turning around how things work when it comes to, to transfer or, or so I should say, taking a, a new direction or a new path and how that's all handled. And so yeah, it sounds like they have similar thoughts. If you're a Whitecaps fan, it's a, this is a great, this is a great thing. And, and and as much as it, you'd like to go further in a competition, it's also the, having this little window here of helping these guys get settled, helping them be integrated into the team is is huge. Yeah. Van, Vanny says they'll be ready for the squad for the San Jose game. Maybe not as starters, but they, they mm-hmm. should both be in the squad. Because um, it, it was funny because he said he didn't obviously want to say who, but it's like one of them is further forward in the other because one of them's been in pre-season training and one of them hasn't. And it's like, well, <laughs> I wonder which one that might be. Yeah. Considering Sam was in Italy with his Turkish team and Richie Larea was visiting family in Atlanta. Yeah, because he was off for like a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But, but... Um, yeah, they, they like the direction that the club's going. From Sam's point of view, the club is so different. Oh, yeah. To what it was when he left. And we were talking about this. He's obviously been back since with Canada, but that training centre wasn't here the first time when he was here. So he's got all these facilities now and he seems genuinely happy to to be back. And as a player there, I asked him what kind of a different player is. So he's a much more mature mature player. And we, we won't revisit what we said last week, aside from saying he wouldn't be the man and the player he is now if he'd stayed. So going away... The Whitecaps have got a better player back and him as a person has, is coming back uh, uh, as a better player as well. They both also mentioned the fact that Toss Ricketts played a big part in this. He mm-hmm. sold the club to them and they're good friends with Toss. They kind of look at him as like an older brother kind of figure. And Sa- I asked Sam and Richie, did you guys talk about this, did you both know that this move was coming? And Richie's joking, oh yeah, Sam said he was coming, so I said, oh, okay, I'm coming as well then. But they <laughs> did talk, and it's like, you can imagine they said, well, look what we can do at this club together, and Toss oh, yeah. is sold, it's so much different, I don't know what it was like before, but this is what we're doing, we're in the community, we've got a a, a squad. They, they spoke about having a very passionate manager as well, which I, I'm pretty sure Vanny could sell the club to anyone just with his enthusiasm alone you just have to sit down with him for a few minutes Sam did reveal because we we know that these rumours have been around for a while they tried to get this done in the last window and then it just it just didn't work out so it has been something that's been in the cards for a, a, a long time for him Sam was asked to describe kind of his skill set what he's going to bring to the team and I didn't include this in the the audio there, but he said that he talked about his attacking prowess and how he likes to be an attacking player, and then said, sometimes I like to defend, (laughs) which Vanny chirped in right away with, uh, hopefully more than sometimes, (laughs) which got big laughs from everyone. 
But I, I think the general feeling in the room from the players, from Axel, from Vanny, even the media that were there as well, there is a feeling that this team, maybe not this season, maybe it'll be next season, but it is on the cusp of doing big things and doing something special. Whether that is in Champions League, whether that's in MLS, whether that's in League's Cup, it does feel that the the beginnings of something really good are finally starting to take shape here. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're moving in a really, really good direction. And it's I, I still think that I can't remember if I said this re- recently, but I think you and I have talked about it. But um, it still feels like they haven't got an, enough results that reflect their play and or quality of players. Yes, like I, f- I think they're behind where they could or should be. So this this last uh, little part of the season will be to see if they can rectify that. Yeah, and obviously it's testing because they've got that seven-game road stretch, which at least it's broken up a little bit, but international windows and and stuff as well. And MLS action gets back underway next Sunday. The Whitecaps hosting San Jose Earthquakes. That's a a must-win game for them. But with this stretch coming up after it, they've got to get the three points from that. They're currently seventh in the West, three points above the playoff line. But they've got that game in hand from that Colorado postponement. Now, win that, and they're up to fifth. Obviously, there's other games in between, so it doesn't quite work out as simple as that. But on paper, win that, they're up to fifth, and they're two points off fourth. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at home playoffs, two home playoff games and the best of three series, etc., etc. So, an exciting end of the season certainly lies in store, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Sam and Richie bring and just mm-hmm. what this team brings. Yeah, it, I agree with you. It's going to be an exciting end to the to the campaign. And it's good because I think the, the club needs it, the fans need it, the, the city certainly need it. We'll, we'll continue our Whitecaps chat in the next part as we'll bring you our feature interview for this episode. But before that, we're going to hear from our Artist of the Month, Mog. And I'll just give you a warning now that this song does <laughs> in, include swearing few F-bombs, few C-bombs here and there. So oh, if, no. if you get offended by that, maybe just fast forward two minutes. Oh, no, Michael. It's a very good song. It's from his new album. We'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm to St. Ricketts, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Sickness and health and skinness and wealth, I'd have made myself tick, 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 time bomb, so I write wrong, cause I find it helps. I've been about, I've seen it all, born in the shit is told. Well, you can't go, cause it's swallow souls like they're medicinal. It's mythic, it's cryptic, it's rip, rip, written in the stars. It's specific, it's biblical lyrics hidden in the bars. It's picking apart the city we lived in back in the slums. I've been scheming for the dot, the many times I need to tell you, cunt. Got a child running wild, I've come miles and miles, but never forget where I came from, don't fucking rail my guile. Strutting with a vile smile, I'm the spanner in the works. The gallows madman bred for famine, the assassin in the cut Been bamming up the passive masses for the after in my buff Been branded as a savage anarchist, but I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck Manically laughing at his daft, he's trapped and trying to be a thug Everybody wants to smoke weed and get tattoos Everybody wants to be seen as big bad news Barrel you to me son, that crap will get you real done Moving in eight, deep put aside the battle of your scheme Cunt, nae rerun, when you be dumb Never ease up to you see blood, and only real cause You're nae Londoner bruv, just keep it true to your surroundings You'll be set to ascend, we keep it moving, keep it bouncing The perfect end 
the shit you can burn. You can burn. give you that real shit. It's better in slang. It's better in slang. The shit you can feel shit again and again. again, and again. You better all together. It's the perfect team. Perfect team. Give you that scheme shit. That shit you can burn. You can burn. give you that real shit. It's better in slang. Better in slang. That shit you can feel shit again and again. again, and again. You better all together. Here's the perfect team. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it is our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of August from Glasgow, Scotland, rapper Mog. That is a song taken from his upcoming 10th album, X. It's going to be out very soon, I believe it is coming out this month. That what song, an original title for his 10th album. Well, that song as well is called 10. Yeah. And it's featuring Freestyle Master. But, yeah, he, he's a, a great artist. I've played some old stuff. We've, got, we've played some of the stuff from the new album over the, the last couple of weeks, and I mentioned I was going to have him as an artist of the month. So let me know what you thought of that one. Perfect 10. That's what the, the Whitecaps could kind of do to to round off the season they've got 12 games left so a perfect 12 would ideally set them up very nicely for for being in the in the playoffs we, we talked about sam and richie joining i mean there could still be more additions or, or movement as we touched on last week just not aiden hazard no oh that is just a rumor that will not go away and he's cl- I, I was also more surprised that he was described as star striker not yeah. usually a term I would think of for him. He was at the Chelsea yeah. game today, though. Oh, yeah. Trying to relive the glory days. Well, I think he he maybe got his teams mixed up with who plays blue as the colour. Oh, my. And that's why he thought he was coming to the, the Vancouver Chelsea. And then it's turned out, oh, no, 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 I, I want the London Chelsea. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously, he'd be an interesting addition. But unless he's willing to come for 27000 in the salary which is what we've got left, that would not be happening. But of course, some guys could get moved on. There's free agents that could join as well. And of course, one player we touched on last week as well, Thomas Asal. What does the future hold in store for Thomas Asal? Well, didn't feature for WFC 2 this afternoon. Isaac Mm. Bomer got the start in that and put in an, an absolutely fantastic performance in a clean sheet. Got a save in the penalty shootout as well, but the Whitecaps ended up going down in that. But it was a really, really strong performance from Isaac. He was clear man of the match, number of big saves. And Hassal is fully fit, correct? As far as I know, because I went to training on Wednesday and it was just Yohi and Isaac that were training. So I asked one of the the Caps comms team, I was like, "Ah, can we do anything in... Thomas not being out there. I said, oh, no, he's just th- he's through the back. And, of course, me being Mr. Suspicious and cynical, I'm like, hmm, is he really through the back? Or is he pursuing a, a deal somewhere else? I don't know. Mm. All, all in all, is he wasn't on the pitch on Wednesday, and it was the other two. And I did ask if he is fit, and I was told, yeah. Ryan Gold wasn't out either, so I was told he was also through the back. That one I believed... Maybe I'm just getting old and cynical. But Isaac Bomer, I think we can safely assume, has now established himself as the number two at the club. And he's going to be celebrating his fourth year Mm. anniversary of signing his homegrown deal in August 2020. 
kind of the time's kind of flown by. Really, I couldn't believe it was four years when I, I was looking that up. So caught up with Isaac at training this week just to talk about his development at the club in this four years and just the rivalry I'm sure he has with Thomas Sassal and a few other goalkeeping issues as well. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice. Here's this episode's feature interview, Isaac Bomer. So Isaac, it's coming up to your fourth year anniversary from signing that, that homegrown contract. How have you viewed the uh, the last four years here in Vancouver? Well, the f- first few years I think we're just, I mean, I still think it is just keep on progressing every year. Um, first year was just slowly build into it, you know, get my, my feet on the ground and get running, you know, kind of see what the first team dynamics are like. And then, you know, each year progress, progress, progress. And so I think, you know, I'm still on that road up and and I've been pretty happy with how I've, how I've been progressing and yeah, so overall good. The the Isaac that we see now compared to the Isaac that signed that deal, how do you feel you have developed in, in these four years? A lot of confidence, I think, you know, just getting to the pace of it all. Um, and then just being me, you know, not trying to be someone else, not trying to do what other goalkeepers are doing, find my own techniques, my being my own person, you know. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest part for me. Talking of confidence, I was going to mention that. It's like... We've seen you, you came on in Cincinnati to make your debut at halftime, vociferous crowd there, then you get your first start in a hostile place like Portland. Both games, though, you seemed so cool and calm and confident. Is that just you? I don't want to, to be honest, it's a lie. I just don't want to stress people out while I'm on the on the field, you know, <laughs> I so I've, I like to look like I, I mean, I like to, I'd like to think I know what I'm doing out there, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's just, that's who I am. I've, I think that's always been me, you know, living up to the pressure and stuff. And But, yeah, you, I, I can't help but be aggressive on the field, as you guys obviously notice. I can't I can't help myself but but get angry and, that's good. you know, and, keepers and, 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 and harass the other team, too. Yeah. I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Looking back then to your debut in Cincinnati, like coming on at halftime, you're, you're cold, you're coming on, you, it's your, your MLS debut. When you think back to then... Has it just like is it? Can you still picture everything that happened oh, in yeah. your head? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember the moment I was on. Yeah, it's good. What about then making your debut in Portland? What was that like for you? Uh, exciting. I think it was just exciting. It was another opportunity to succeed and to do well. So, so like looking at your time here, you had obviously the, the contract wasn't renewed at one point, and then they brought you back. During those kind of couple of months when when they had released you and then brought you back in for pre-season, were you kind of wondering what to do with yourself, or was the plan always to bring you back for pre-season? I think the plan was to always re-sign, um, but it was just continuing the progress, continuing to grow, and uh, just continue to work hard, you know, because in the end it's all going to eventually, well, hopefully, come together like it should. How tough is it as a backup keeper? I've spoken to a lot of keepers over the years, and I always ask the same thing because it's like. When you're a backup, most time you're only going to get on the pitch if there's been an injury mm-hmm. or if there's been a sing off or something. Mm-hmm. How do you keep mentally focused when, when you are on the bench for stuff like that? I think you just got to always be ready. 
you know, it's not every day something's going to happen, right? You might go 20 games, nothing. You might go the whole season, nothing happens, but then suddenly just, like, to be honest, was I expecting to go on in Cincinnati? Heck no. But, you know, it's just kind of happening. It's just everything was a little bit of a blur. So it's kind of like, oh, Cody's down. This is happening. All right. And it was just kind of like, just go do your thing. And I was like, I train every day for it. Um, and just, yeah, honestly, it's just being ready at any point, you know? Yeah. So, like, coming in this year for the Elite Cup game down at, at the Galaxy, mm. when, when did you find out that that was happening? Did you have a bit more time to mentally prepare I for did, that? I had, I had a little bit of time to to know that I was going to play. Um, but, you know, like, I didn't want to be over overconfident, over cocky, you know, because, like I've said before, I've played. That was my fourth game. I've played three games. You know, there's still a lot to grow and a lot of progress to be made. Um, but it's just another opportunity to keep doing well and keep progressing, and that's what I want to do, and, you know, that's what I want to see in myself. Um, but, yeah, I knew I knew I had some time, but... You know, I'm nervous always until the whistle. The whistle goes. It's just another day in the True. in the books. Having the the time under your belt with WFC two, you're obviously getting mm-hmm. regular minutes there. How much has that helped you? Not just for your yeah, development, but being ready for. I mean, it keeps like you mentally sharp. Yeah. You know, there's situations that happen in the game that if you haven't played in months, it's going to catch you off guard and you're going to mess up. But um, no, it's it's kept me mentally sharp. I've I think I've played around seven games now with them this year, but it, it's definitely helped a lot. It's really good to have there, so we can stay mentally sharp. You can stay in tune with everything, and yeah. The thing with keepers, obviously, it's just one guy's going to play, and yeah. usually for the ninety minutes, the one guy's going to play. For yourself and Thomas, obviously having that kind of battle to be the, the backup, is it a friendly rivalry? Uh, we push each other. I'll say that. You know, it's. At the end of the day, it's coach's decision what's going to happen, you know, and whether I'm there, he's there, it's just keep working hard and try to progress as much as I can, you know, and, yeah, I mean, we don't want to be assholes to each other, you know. Sorry to swear on. We don't want to, you know, bring each other down. We want to yeah. keep pushing each other to be better, and I think that's what actually creates a healthy uh, environment for us. Playing in MLS Next Pro, you've got the penalty shootouts, obviously, at the end of, of the matches. When you you look at the new rules that's coming in for penalties, you're the first keeper I've spoken to since these rules have kind of come out. What, what do you make of them? Because you're not, yeah, you're not it, allowed it, to do anything. To, it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to have a chance, you know, but, I mean, regardless, I think if you make the save, I think the players made the mistake because um, you should score. But I, I never feel really worried going into penalty shootouts because I trust my ability. But you also don't have a lot of pressure on you to make every save, right? True. So you can only really shine in those moments. But yeah. When you're sitting watching something like the the game with Guzman and you're seeing him doing mimes and pulling magic streamers out, what do you think of that as a keeper? Do you like it? Do Honestly, you, give you hints. <laughs> I laughed a bit when he started. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but I don't mind it. You know, it's mind games. It, penalties are all mind games. Um, you know, if you if it, hey, if it works for him, it did. Yeah, if you can get that extra boost, the extra mind game, then go ahead and do it. You know, I'm all for it. Last thing. When you were younger, you went over to Germany, had a little bit of time training with, with Schalke. Mm-hmm. When did you know that you wanted to be a pro and that that was the, the career that you wanted? very young when I was like 10 maybe maybe younger it was 
it was our Opa's dream to be a, he's over in Germany, it was his dream, and then it was dad's dream, so I could say I'm living a little bit of all of ours. Oh, awesome. Isaac Bomer, asked him there about the new goalkeeping rules and no no surprise, he's not a fan of it. <laughs> he he wants to be able to, to be able line. to do stuff on the line. Maybe not to the extent of Guzman. I mentioned that at the start yeah. I'd been watching the Australian Cup game between Oakley Cannons and Melbourne City. After that finished, I turned in to catch the end of the all A League round the 32 clash between Sydney and Central Coast Mariners. I was trying to get hard to go to, to the Sydney FC game. And I was like, oh, it kicks off in six minutes. You've still got time to get there. Why didn't she go? Because it kicked off in six minutes and she didn't know it was on. Oh. But um, it went to penalties. So she had lots of time to get there. But I, I won't spoil anything. Just go on to Football Australia and watch the penalty shootout because it's an epic one and there's more, more goalkeeping shenanigans. And there's some, if there's nothing you love, it's goalkeeper shenanigans. Yeah, well, I mean, talking of goalkeeper shenanigans, the, the League's Cup did continue this week without Wait, the white cap, sadly. They haven't just given that trophy to Messi? No, he is leading the goal-scoring charts with eight goals. In what, like four games or something? <laughs> I think... Four, five, six, I can't remember now. Um, I, I mean, he's just, he's lighting it up. And it is seemingly a case of if he can continue to outscore the other teams, then they're, they're going to get these points on the boards. But it was a very eventful week of League's Cup action. In the round of 16, five of the eight games went to penalties. So, I mean, that was exciting. And then the quarterfinals that took place were also very exciting. Did you catch any of the action this week? I, I told you you had to watch the Nashville America game. Oh, I'm afraid you gave me three games watching. You know what? Yeah. I haven't watched any of them. Oh, well, I'm going to spoil them for you now. Okay. Nashville America is the craziest ending to a game you will ever see. They're in the sudden death rounds. America's leading 5-4. Nashville player comes up to take the penalty it's saved. Club America win 5-4. Everyone's celebrating. The fans run on the pitch. The players say whatever. And VAR calls it back. Yeah. Five <laughs> minutes later. Oh. <laughs> maybe four. It was four or five. The commentators had no idea it was being reviewed. The players had no idea it was being reviewed. Oh, my they had to get the fans off the pitch. A security guard fell in the scuffle and they had to stretcher him off. Oh, no. It was just absolute chaos. And no one knew what was going on. The kick was retaken by Nashville. They scored to make it 5-all. America's next player comes up, misses his penalty. Oh. Nashville then score and win the game. Wow. You can imagine how well the Club America fans took that in the stadium. Oh, yeah. Many arrests. Bottles raining down all over. Gary Smith just, like, giving it 
everything to all the Mexican fans. He was loving it before he quickly headed up the tunnel with some bottles came flying down towards him. It was absolute chaos. Now, what I will say is it was the right decision. The keeper was right. off his line. But you cannot let it go that much. Well, you can't. You, I mean, this happens for all, all goals now, right? So, like, you... You know it's not a goal until they restart the game. So they maybe have to come up with a, a way. I mean, you saw it with, uh, who was it? Uh, I can't remember if we've already talked about this or we're talking about it later, but uh, Sweden versus the U.S. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you. I mean, that one was more obvious than it would have. Yeah, because we talked about that last week. Yeah, so it would yeah. have done it in the moment, right? Yeah. So, um, so. Oh, yeah, that was instant. I mean, I, I'm still hoping that they might now call back Guzman coming off his line in the Whitecaps Tickers game. <laughs> I think we've still got a chance of getting this. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, I had turned the game off because I thought it was over, as I think most people did. And then I saw something on Twitter, and it's like, Nashville wins 6-5. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then we put it back on. I was like, what the hell is this? You just rerounded a bit? Yeah. Um, the same night, Monterey Tigris in the the round of 16. I know what happened there. Yeah. Monterey won it in a stoppage time penalty. We were denied more shootout shenanigans from Guzman. But yeah. did you see what he did for that? I heard that? about it. Yeah. I heard about it a little bit. So if anyone didn't see it, it's a penalty for Monterey about 94th, 95th minute. Guzman decides, I think I'm going to go and change my gloves. Yeah. Didn't ask the referee, just went off to the bench, slowly changed his gloves, went back on the pitch and was like, oh, you know what? I need to get this tape taken off my stomach. Went back off the pitch as they unwind him. Whereas the Monterey penalty taker the whole time is at the penalty spot with the ball. (laughs) So then Guzman's on his line and he's tight roping, tight rope walking along the line. I don't know why the Monterey guy didn't just shoot the ball. <laughs> but he waited, and then he scored. It's it's even more hilarious. You do all that, and you still don't save the penalty. Yeah. But it was like, oh, just absolute crazy, crazy stuff. Going back, though, to that penalty incident, we were talking about this on my East Fife show today, and one of the guys, Gordon, had mentioned, apparently last year in Germany, I don't know if it was Bundesliga 1 or 2, but the players had gone off for half time and then they'd reviewed it and it was a penalty and they had to come back out and take a penalty and then go Uh, back in for half time. I think I remember. I don't think it was a Bundesliga. I think it was a second Bundesliga. Ah. Uh, Yeah, I remember that happening. But I can't remember the the teams. Oh, just as as an aside, talking of Bundesliga, if anyone has a VPN, which I highly recommend people get, and you set it to the UK on YouTube... And you watch Sky Sports Football's YouTube channel, they're streaming Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2 games for free. Or if you have DAZN already to watch the Champions League, you can watch Bundesliga, Bundesliga 2, DFB Pokal. Yeah. Not all the matches, for but a good free number. Free YouTube or paying 200 bucks to DAZN? I'm, I just said, if you're, if you're already paying I, for I know. the Champions League. Well, I, I might get DAZN if KI get in. That would be worth wow. watching. But yeah, the, the League's Cups, I mean, it, it's been fantastic. We're now down to the semi-final stage. Just one Mexican team in it. Mm-hmm. And it looked like there wasn't going to be any because K 
Carretero, Camilo's Carretero, were one all against Philadelphia Union. I think it was eight or nine minutes of stoppage time that was added on, and Philly scored in the 11th minute of stoppage time to get the 2-1 victory. Uh, Inter had thumped Charlotte earlier and Nashville. Nashville, who at one minute were out of it, are now in the semi-finals after thumping Minnesota. But LAFC, 2-0 mm. up against Monterey. Yeah. And I turned the game off because I thought, oh, that's over. Really? And then I saw the result and I was like, what? Three-goal comeback from Monterey for the 3-2 victory. And I'm kind of glad because an all-MLS semi-final would have been pretty crappy. I sent, I sent uh, Mark a commiseratory message. <laughs> I don't know if you saw a couple of days ago, maybe it was even a couple of weeks ago now, because um, Inter Miami is going to be coming to play LAFC, I think in September. And Mark posted, no, I don't have any tickets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, the Leeds Cup is going strong still. I'm looking forward to the, the two semi-finals, both on the 15th of August, so on Tuesday night. Tuesday, yeah. Philadelphia, into Miami. Hopefully, Philly can stop the, the whole Messi train. When you go into Apple now, it's just, everything's about Messi. You you, you really want them to lose? You don't, you don't want them to do it? I, I genuinely don't think it's a good look for MLS if Messi comes in and just wipes the floor with the rest of the league. I think it's... I think for I think it would be bad if Messi got them in the playoffs and won MLS Cup. I think that would be well. I mean, it would be a good story for them in, in two cents, I guess. But it would not look that would not look good. He started his time with them in this competition, and if he wins this competition, which the Mexican teams are not in full flight, mm. and I don't, yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I, I hear I, you. You make a valid point. Don't get me mm. wrong, but I think I think if he wins this and then. You know they don't win the MLS Cup, or don't maybe don't make the playoffs or whatever. Then it's more, more balanced. I don't know. Balance isn't the yeah. The, I, the I just want I just want a but... Philly Monterey final. There's also there's a third place playoff game as well because of the oh that's money. so amazing. It's because the money that's involved for the third yeah. place team and a, oh, and a right. spot in the Champions League as well. Yes, and players sorry. players are on the, big bonuses for this as well. That that's is why legit, the players yeah. are wanting to take this competition seriously. So that is it for our MLS and Whitecaps chat for this show. We're going to turn our attention to the international stage in the next part as we look back at another exciting week in the Women's World Cup down in Australia and New Zealand. And we'll be kicking off part three with another song from our Artist of the Month for August Mog. That means more swearing, so if you don't want to hear that, just fast forward about two minutes. But we'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I win soap. Fuck a penthouse, but I win soap. What the red moats told you half the up and get out. Fucking get down, love my head down, because everybody's hellbound. We win soap. Fuck a penthouse, but I win soap. What the red moats told you half the up and get out. 
can get down Love my net town Because everybody's hellbound You went south Every broken bottle tells a story Take a mental 40 of the bloodstained grun below me DNA and sparked fags Gangster tags and overpopulated plastic bags My people go for rags to rags Shag to shag and end up dying for the smack they jack Hearing the bells it tolls We keep the devil in holes And never see him coming after our souls Body deep in the belly of the beast Watching talking meat walk the street with broad feet my people sleep on concrete They are long streets for a soft breach Cause they mock police Should I make moves and seek a reason to boost Or do I want to stay put and see my freedom fade out Should I go out or stay at home Roll my boot or play it safe Ray's been my mates in this crazy place Fuck a penthouse but I went south Where the rent mounts till you huff the up and get out Fucking get down, love my head down Because everybody's hellbound We went south Fuck a penthouse, but I went south Where the rent mounts till you huff the up and get out Fucking get down, love my net down Because everybody's hellbound, we went south Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM And kicking off this part, it's the second song tonight From our Artist of the Month here at AFTN For the month of August From Glasgow, Scotland Rapper Mog that is a song that you can find on his 2013 compilation album of a lot of his early stuff. It's called Colours. The song is Went South. You can find that and all of other Mog stuff on Bandcamp. Just search for Mog in black and white and you can get all of his stuff there. So that song was Went South. Do you know who else has gone south for the, the last month or so? All the talented women at the Women's World Cup. And that's what we're going to turn our attention to now, Zach, because it's been another fantastic week down under. Drama galore. Some fantastic team performances. Some fantastic individual performances. And all round, just fantastic entertainment. I mean, we said last week, the best one so far. And it just... It just keeps giving and giving the the storylines, the drama. Still a little bit nervous because England are still in it. Ugh. Yeah, I so thought uh, when the uh, the you see you see the you saw the game or the goals or the highlights. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I I stayed up and watched the the Australia game. Okay. Because the... as, as I said, I've been cheering on the Aussie girls from the start. Yeah. Oh, you had to stay up really late to watch that one. Um. The uh, when the Colombian goal went in, or I said to I said to we were all the family we were all in the room. We just watched the uh, we just watched back the we'd watched the shootout for the, for the Australia France game, and I said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go through this game kind of quickly. The next game, I don't know what happens, but you'll you'll appreciate this, Michael. I said to them, I said, okay, for this game, I just can tell you up front, we're all Colombians. <laughs> <laughs> And when that deflected own goal went in, I was just like, there's a chance. <laughs> if they'd uh, held on to half time, I, yeah. I, I think they could at least have got them to extra time and maybe penalties. But uh, as much <laughs> as much as uh, the women's game internationally and obviously at club level have come a long way, that opening goal for England was like some shocking goalkeeper. <laughs> Yes. And I mean, I've been critical of goalkeeping in the women's game in the past. Yeah. In the early years, it kind of took me out of stuff a little bit, and it's so much improved. 
not not to be negative or minimalistic or whatever but yeah in the, in, i mean one of my, one of my one of my favorite players for canada has, was always carl lang right and one of the great things about carl lang was she could shoot from anywhere and yeah back in the day when when the goalkeepers were still developing in general she could like she could score goals from quite a distance cuz she could put the ball like in the in the top corner or whatever and keepers couldn't get to it back back in the day whereas now yeah. that's less likely I mean, considerably less likely i would say I mean, yeah, I, the, the, if you haven't seen the england's first goal and the spill the multiple sorry, multiple oh. spills or the sp- initial spill even and then the second a chance to make up first <laughs> failing it's it's a i mean she'll have nightmares about that yeah and then she went off oh yeah i, I was fast forwarding through it after England had kind of scored, I was like, ah, I know where this is going. So was it an eye injury or was it a contact lens or? I can't remember now. Yeah, I It, eye, it was just weird because she had tried to, she'd stretched to try and stop the second goal going in. And I thought, oh, maybe she's pulled something. But then they were attending to her head and stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, I did not have sound on for that. Mm. But like when we were recording the show last week, because um, it was a late show and... I didn't know that the England-Nigeria game had started early because the times oh, are all yeah. over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Har had sent me a message and I think we'd finished recording for... Well, we finished recording at one thirty, and then you took me down a dark hole of uh, you need to a get, ground-hopping well, don't app. Yeah, I haven't well, touched it since last week. Don't start me back on it again. Uh, you need to get back on it. We'll talk about that. That was an hour and a half we, we spent. Need talk, we need to talk about that on another episode, but yeah. Yeah, I once got, I've I got, logged everything, we'll get we'll talk about that. I gotta log, yeah, I gotta log more of my my his my history first. <laughs> but wait, I lost an hour and a half, but I could have been watching the England Nigeria game. I, but then I, Har had sent me a wanna, message. About I do it. need to tell you though, just so I got the email today. I have got some preseason friend a ground for some preseason friendlies approved. So we have another we have another ground with more matches. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll explain where this is in a, in a future show. It's it's yeah. a lot of fun. We'll wait till we get ours all up to date. But yeah, yeah I just want to go back to that England-Nigeria game. And Lauren James. Was that the goalless draw? Oh, Yes. And then yeah, England won 4-2 in penalties. Yeah. Nigeria were so nervous with yeah. those first couple of kicks. And yeah, that red, card, that red card was massive. That red card was absolutely shocking. I think they're going to celebrate it, though, in England by bringing out a special commemorative stamp. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you don't get what Michael's the the pun Michael's playing. I'm sure there. everyone has it seen was, it. It was it was James pulling like a David Beckham, where it's yeah. like, ah, oh, no, I'm just if, gonna... Everyone's I'm... like, oh, the women's game's so much cleaner. There's none of this yeah. stuff going on. It's like, it, hey, it have you so... seen some of these videos that do the rounds on YouTube? It was so it was so Beckham in '98, right? After oh yeah, it plays over, and I'm just gonna have a little take a little moment here. And like, it was yeah. just so stupid, and now she's out of the semi as well against the Aussies because it's a yeah. two game ban that she got. Which is a massive game. Yeah. I mean, the, if, just looking at the semi. So it's it's Spain v Sweden. Now, the, the time that this comes out, it's not going to be a lot of time for people to to have listened to this before the games take place. But there's there's three European teams in the, the last four, but the, the host Australia being the, the other team. Spain, Sweden. For me, Spain have played some of the best football in the tournament. A long with Japan, and I was stunned by that 2-1 win for Sweden over Japan, I've got to say. 
Dude, it played out exactly as we talked about on the podcast. Right? I said the Sweden needs to use their yeah. dominance on set plays, and they did. And uh yeah, Japan, well then Japan obviously <laughs> in set plays the Sweden included the penalty and I think it was the second phase of a corner. And uh Japan obviously missed their penalty and that really, really, really cost them. Who have you got then between Spain and Sweden? Well, I, I, Spain is lucky that they got past Holland, man. Like, mm. very, 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 very fortunate. Um, I would much prefer Sweden one, personally. I'm not saying they will win or I think they should or whatever. I know lots of people are really high on Spain and the way they played. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's it's uh, I'd much rather have Sweden go to the final. It's crazy. Japan beat Spain 4 0. And now Spain are on the verge of getting to the final and could be one of the favourites to, to win the final, I've got to say. I, I've really liked how they've played. I, I think they play great. Obviously, we're, we're both Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oh, yeah. Aussie, the Aussies need to beat England. That would be huge. Yeah. I mean, it was huge for them to get to make it to the semi final. I, but... I don't know if you, you've seen the their paper the daily telegraph they've renamed it the daily telegraph oh, Tilda's. nice and I, I mean because i've spoken a lot about i watch a lot of australian and new zealand shows especially a lot of the comedy news shows and stuff that they do the team's really captured the the public's imagination it's fantastic to see it and that that shootout with france oh boy yeah the drama because I, I was saying I watched it live. I didn't. I rem- I watched the first half live and then I went to bed. And then I didn't know the score. And then I watched it the next day when I woke up. And I was like, I said to my dog, Annie, oh, take it out after I watch this. It was yeah. a while before she got out for her walk. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Annie. The, um, you saw that uh, with like three, th- three or four minutes left in play that France subbed on... Yeah, was really good. Dur- a Durand, I think it was. How yeah, which I it, thought the time that they subbed her on was risky. Yeah, because there was because still, still a couple of minutes. shot or two. Yeah, yeah, because she came out for one and didn't collect it. And it's yes. like you've got a cold keeper for two Sam, minutes here. That was one Sam Kerr, I think, uh, put out for a, a goal kick or whatever. Yeah, it, 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 um, it was. Yeah, apparently she was. She's better at the, the other keeper at penalties, and that was like. Her international debut in the World yeah. Cup final. I've... Now, as you as you watched it play out, you're like, okay, well, she saved two penalties, so I don't think you can be harsh on her at all. Right? Oh no, and, I mean, and it, it... and it only went ten rounds, so she didn't get to take one. Yeah, which that might have been, that might have been, you know, too like too much for you know to to if she had missed or whatever, right? But um, when she see saved the those... nerves, I mean, for for the yeah. Aussies with that crowd, Caitlin was actually off that day when I was watching it. And I said to her, and I've said this before, I don't know that I could get my legs to work for something like that in front of all those folk, because, you know, the whole country is just watching you. Uh, I can't remember her name now, but the the last shooter for France, you could tell, like, yeah, there's there's a reason why she's like, or 10, anyway. She was, yeah, no, she was last outfield player. Uh, And then, of course, the Aussie keeper, who was brilliant, she um, had the chance to win it from the spot because she yeah. was their first shooter and she hit the, hit the post did, also. Did you see her interview afterwards? Because they said, oh, how oh. are you feeling? You're the hero in the shootout. She says, I just keep thinking about the one I missed. <laughs> but she, oh, she's so good. She's the character. And like, 
I've always had a, a soft spot for the Matildas from when they were here in 2015 because I went to their oh, training yeah. and they were so generous with their time. Like I just turned up. They didn't know me from Adam. Adam couldn't make it. But it's I, I spoke to... I, I looked back to see who it was. So I spoke to Lydia Williams, who's retired okay. now, yep. and Katrina Gorey, who's still oh, yeah. playing. She's so she was on a show a penalty, back. Right? No, she missed hers. She missed. Oh, she missed. Okay. Because right. she stepped up to take it, and she would have won it if she scored it. Yes. And I said to Caitlin, "Oh, here's Katrina. I spoke to her." And I was like, "Oh, she's missed." <laughs> but, did, did you get her? Did you get her saying you're listening to the FTA? <laughs> you got a bumper? I didn't. From her? I didn't back then. No, but it's like like they were they were great to be around when they were here, and I've I've always kind of supported them since. And I don't think I got to see them play. Here, like they were here, right? I don't think I saw they them. They trained play. here. They must have played here as well if they were training here, because they, they were at, they were at Empire. That's one team I need to go back and kind of yeah mm. double check. There's a, there's one or two games from that World Cup that I'm like unsure. I got to double check my tickets, but um, but oh, you yeah. could have been away maybe with Canada though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was in Edmonton yeah. for Canada yeah. for one game, two games, one game, I think. I mean, what this would do for football down there, it's it's massive because it's not the biggest sport. It's it's cricket, <laughs> it's rugby union, it's Aussie rules, and then it's maybe fourth. Did you did you see on the broadcast? <laughs> so we're watching with the family, and then like TSN, they're like, "Oh, look at the celebrations in Melbourne or whatever," and there was like flares in the background or no. whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the fo- in the foreground, there's some young men. Uh, walking by, making uh, how should I put it, the the wanker gesture. <laughs> my wife's like, my wife's like looking to see my kids get, get catch it or whatever. And she was like, oh, and I'm like, oh, what was wrong? She's like, did you see that? I'm like, no. And then she told me that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will feature on a show that I watch called The Cheap Seats. Uh, it's a topical news show, and they've featured all these funny things that's taken place. Uh, at these games and stuff, so I'm sure they'll have that on it. But if you can find the cheap seats online, it's on Channel 10. Highly recommend it. Fantastic show. But yeah, hopefully the Aussies can do it. Hopefully the Aussies can can go all the way. It's just going to be fantastic if they can. It's going to be tough against England, but England have just not impressed me. I'm not just saying that because it's England. They did not look good in that Columbia game. They've got a great keeper, so they've definitely got that going for them. She's one of the, the best keepers in the world. But... If if Sam like when Sam Kerr came on, yes, she was like flying, but she tired. Yeah. You saw towards the end of extra time, she was like the gas was running out a little bit on her. Very confident penalty though. Yeah, but yep, looking forward to that. Won't be watching it live. I'll make sure I've got all my social media off and I don't spoil this one as I have for some of it. But it's been a great competition. Can't wait for these two semis. Just to round off this part, I'm going to bring you this episode's wavelength a little bit earlier than usual because I've gone for a song that ties in with the Women's World Cup. It's from August 2022. Also ties in with our a rap theme that we've got going this month on the show. It's from Cardiff rapper Juice Menace. And this is a collaboration that she brought out in conjunction with the Welsh FA. The track focuses on Wales's for us, for them, for her messaging, which has been used through their World Cup qualifying campaign for this 2023 World Cup. Sadly, 
Wales didn't make it, and sadly neither did Scotland either. That The whole messaging was focused on inspiring a future generation of female footballers, acknowledging former Welsh internationals that paved the way and the goals and the aims for players in the squad now and, and in the future. So this is Juice Menace and her song, For Her. Like Harden, eyes on a cup, cause we're just getting started. We came in red, so we're never half-hearted. We came with Ingle, we're always guarded. For you, it's a game, for us, it's a must. Three nil on a scoring red, we trust. You know what we're on, Ask Kazakhstan. Grange, a danger, tactical plan. Fear, no team, no league, no man. Nothing but dragons, cover the standard. Gas, no brakes, can you handle the stakes? When pressure's applied, if you got what it takes. Level the field, can you handle the weight? We do it and dash, can you handle the pace? This is for us, for them, for her, for every girl and loyal supporter. My Hina, Gafra, Kumri, this one's for the books, from the pitch to the border. This is for us, for them for her for every girl and loyal supporter James to assist for the slaughter I shoot like war cause I've been a top scorer I do what's never been done if my head's in the game then your head gets spun my duo Rabana wearing Gabbana show you a hat trick what would you rather fly as contender if you run in the box I'm a deadly defender I can't be pressed eyes in the back of my head I shoot for the back of the net wait my turn cause it's all about patience run it in a stadium straight to the station all for the love of the game I hold my city the nation land of the brave wait your turn it's all about patience playground pitch straight to the stadium all for the love of the game, I hold my city, the nation, land of the brave. This is for us, for them, for her, for every girl and loyal supporter. My Hina, Gafra, Kumri, this one's for the books, from the pitch to the border. This is for us, for them, for her, for every girl and loyal supporter. James to assist for the slaughter, I shoot like war, cause I've been a top scorer. Cardiff rapper Juice Menace there for her fantastic track. You can also find that on Bandcamp if you do a search for her. That is it for our chat about the Women's World Cup and our chat about international football. We're going to be turning our attention back to the domestic scene next as we look around the weekend's action in the Canadian Premier League and a very exciting announcement from one of the teams out in Halifax. And we'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Stephanie LeVay, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Throw a line into the darkness Oh, your shadows Place inside This
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, I think I played this song last year. It is the theme tune to an absolutely fantastic BBC Scotland crime show called Annika. That's the name of the show, not the song. The song is called Bringing Murder to the Land. It's mm. by Anton Newcomb and Dot Allison written especially as the theme for the show. And the show is back this week for a second series. It's set in Glasgow, and it's the the Marine Homicide Unit. And it's Mm. six standalone stories in every season. But what's what's different about the show and what I love it, when I watched the first episode, because I knew it was going to be like this, and I wasn't sure about it. But then the more I've watched it, I love it. And I love this storytelling style and I've seen it in a couple of other things in the past it's basically breaking the fourth wall so the character will suddenly turn to the camera and just talk to the audience about stuff yeah there's like Deadpool just like She-Hulk yeah yeah there's a German film called Funny Games it was remade an American version in the 2000s but in the 90s the original German version which I don't know if I've got it on VHS or if I've got it on DVD. If I've got it on DVD and you haven't seen it, I should give you it. It's amazing. Uh, it's about a, a home invasion. Oh. So the these two guys, it's a home invasion, and they, they basically hold a family, a, a mum, a dad, and kid hostage, and they're all tied up and stuff as they rob them and they threaten to kill them. And it, it's a it's a dark comedy. And they, they, it's German humour. They, they turn and they talk a lot to the camera. So that was one of the first times that I, I'd seen it. And it, it's just so effective. And in this show, Annika, which I believe is on, I think series one is on Apple TV, if, if you've got that. It's fantastic. And there's, there's running things through the six episodes, but six separate standalone stories. And... She just talks to the camera a lot, the main character, and it, it's excellent. So glad it's back. So we, we were watching that this weekend. I highly recommend it. Are you watching any interesting shows at the moment? Uh, I mean, we're looking forward to Ahsoka coming on next week. Um, to what? Ahsoka. Oh, I don't know what that is. Ahsoka is uh, the next uh, live-action Star Wars. Oh. Uh, uh, thing that'll be what do you call it series that'll be uh, eight episodes long it uh yeah if you never if you ever watch the clone wars the oh, cartoon no. anyways if you watch the clone wars and if you watch the animated show the rebels it's yeah it's really awesome they're bringing a bunch of characters from those and also from some of the books which i've i don't think i've ever i've read some of the books of the from the movies but not uh the after books anyways I, I'm, I'm excited i'm excited for it What's her name? Play I don't know. What's her name? Plays you don't know who Ahsoka is, but uh, Rosario Dawson plays Ahsoka. Oh, I know who she is. It's kind of weird because Ahsoka in the animated series is quite a quite short, <laughs> and Rosario Dawson is not short. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been uh, or we're looking forward to this series. Uh, she was uh, she appeared as Ahsoka in what was it? Some of the other series you haven't seen them, so I won't ruin them for you, but. Um, yeah. I will be getting Disney Plus back again in the in the winter. Yeah, I need to. I need to. You you need to get back in your MCU. Uh, no, I, I know. I I I'll get it back probably just before Christmas time. 
Um, it's just there's been so much going on football wise and stuff, but I don't know. I've been ha- having having a kind of a week of epiphanies, really, like just how much time I give into doing all the the soccer stuff, and obviously I enjoy it, and like the show continues to to go from strength to strength, and we're constantly in four figures with, with listeners, and I don't know. It's like once we hit episode 600, which I think I've worked out will be the end of January, if we keep doing one show a week. I don't know. I'm, I'm, we're not stopping the show, I'll say that now. But I, I, next year might not cover as many things as, as I have this year. might take a little bit of a step back. And, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things go. We'll see who, who we feel appreciates the coverage that we give them. I'll just leave it at that. Last little bit we'll talk about on this show. Let's just do a, a quick CPL roundup, Zach. Your boys... There's some inter- interesting, interesting games this weekend. But the, yeah. thing, oh. the, thing, the thing you can draw, again, last weekend was the same. But this weekend, again, was the significant need for, for VAR. I was going to start by saying that. York United got jobbed. Yeah. I, fe- I, I, I meant to go, actually, and watch the post-game presser just to see... If Martin Nash, oh yeah, because the, the arm was the arm was like here, right? The yeah. arm was against the body. Yeah, that one was crazy. And there was and an offside flagged. The the guy was in and go, and the offside flag went up, and he was and it wasn't way onside. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. that was no. Uh, how can you call a handball where mm-hmm. I, I think it was Jim Brennan? Was it Jim Brennan that was the commentary? But he was basically saying his hand's basically inside his body. No, I don't think Brennan was on that. I think he was only on the Let to Go Ottawa game because, yeah, he was, yeah, he was only on Let to Go the, the sorry, Let to Go Pacific game. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, I mean, yeah, there was multiple. Like last weekend, Halifax got robbed against Pacific. Yep. And then you know how sometimes they say when things go against you, don't worry, they'll go for you later. Well, they were very generously given a. Uh, a penalty against Vancouver FC, in my opinion, which, which I mean, Halifax was full value for the win, but uh, yeah, it, it was right. I'll, I'll, it was it made it worse because it was right after like Vancouver's best attacking spell of the game, where you felt like oh, they're they could get a goal and get back in this, or they could get a goal and draw like they did in the first game at Halifax this season, and yeah, it, it was that was not good. Well, you know what they say, Zach, you can't win them all. <laughs> Or, or many, in, in the case of Vancouver FC this year. You can't win them unless Michael McCall's there. Yes. That, that, At least home, my home matches, anyway. Yes. If they want to pay me, I'll happily go to Halifax. <laughs> but I know, like, it, it was frustrating. Because it, yeah, the it felt like after that, uh, maybe even a bit before that, like, heads went down pretty quick. And the fight wasn't the same as it's been in other games. And so, and it was... I mean, aside from the the really run up scores, it was a it was on the scoreboard and it was a comprehensive defeat. And yeah, it was yeah, it was disappointing. But the crazy and, thing uh, it is, was also, it was it was also disappointing because actually we had chances and didn't take them. Well, like, yeah, because Vancouver outshot Halifax and had more yeah. shots on target. Yeah, and the, I think some of our best chances weren't were not shots on target. Like the ball in that spell, I think it was that ball through the 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 box that uh, Diaz just barely didn't get on the end of that was one of the if not the best chance of the game and then what? halifax brought on uh, brought on uh daniel henry to help close up the game and he i can't remember yeah that, I, I thought whatever. here's a chance to get three goals back 
<laughs> he made a big, big block at the end, I think it was. Um, I thought it was a penalty. I will say that. Romeo gets what? to the ball, but he, he cleans the guy out. He follows through and takes the guy out. No, no not for me. If you if you see the angle from kind of behind. Yeah, well, if you see the angle from where the referee is, I understand why the referee gave a penalty. Yeah. That's why you need VAR. When you look at the, the angle from behind, from the other side, it looks like he totally gets the ball. It goes off the guy. The guy falls over his legs. Like, it wasn't as bad as Tati in the uh, round of 16 against Australia in the 2006 World Cup that I witnessed in person, but it was it was not good, in my opinion. Let it go. Let oh, it yeah. Go. I mean, it, ultimately... I don't think the season's not decided on that. Uh, like you've told me many times, the squad is not good enough. Uh, this, uh, as I we've talked about, I'm sure, just you and I, and I can't remember how much we talked about on the show, the squad building for next year will be very, very different. Yeah. I, I, was, I was reading, if anyone has checked out the Take the Piss forum, takethepiss.com. It's a local BC soccer and talks about outside of BC as well, but it's basically local soccer players, fans, a lot of guys involved with like VMSL teams and Fraser Valley teams. It's a message board, lots of football chat in it and lots of banter and taking the piss. But there is a Vancouver FC thread and a lot of the guys have said in that that, that they understand that there's BC guys on the team, but it's not guys that they know. So it's not guys that they've seen playing in like VMSL or Fraser Valley or even the youth teams that that they're part of. So because of that, they don't feel an affinity to this club. There's nobody there that they're actively rooting for and cheering for. And I'm not saying you should just sign players for that reason. Like we've talked about this in the past with the Whitecaps, the homegrown guys. You want to see those guys coming through and doing well. So I think for Vancouver FC, if they want to get more buy-in from the local soccer community, not just fans and supporters, but people that's involved in the game, they need to have some guys that people know locally. And that was one of the things that switched me off. Yeah, but not not talking about you, but like, Michael, to me, that's an excuse, right? Like, to say I'm not going to support this local team, because it doesn't have someone I know from. Well, they're not saying that they're not supporting like, it. It's just they don't feel an attachment to the team oh, because okay. there's no one that they can latch on to. Now I yeah. feel a bit different now that well, that Ivan's there. Right. You're totally. Yeah. And I know people. Because it's a guy I know, that. and yeah. obviously, like, but like, how much Cali, you, I was pleased about Cali, and you're gonna have to sign someone that everyone knows to get them attached. Like that. Like. I yeah, know. I know it's gonna. It it's seems not... like it seems like a nice online excuse to say this is why I don't support or I'm not uh, more engaged or or whatever. I'm not saying it's illegitimate, but it's like, like, yeah, like because <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. although there's BC guys, it's like, yeah. So, so you don't know TJ Dehid. You're not gonna go and you're not gonna engage with his story and who he is and what he's done and where he's going. Like that's to me. I mean, people people can feel that way. I'm not telling people to change their feelings, mm -hmm. but to me, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but that that's something that the club have to look at. Like when they do their end of season chat to everyone, it's like because I, I take it you read the the good article that JJ had in the province this week. Uh, I haven't actually read about it. I've heard about it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So like chatting to to Rob about stuff, and basically Rob 
knows he needs to go and find out how to engage the local community more. Well, yeah, and we've talked about this on the show. The major approach they took this year did not work, and they won't go back to that in the same way. But it is also, and this is something that Rob said, and I fully agree with this, it's it's a tough market. He said Vancouver... He should have probably said the Lower Mainland because already you're switching people off and you say Vancouver's a hard sell. But it can be. But then this weekend, there was the the basketball on at Langley Event Centre and apparently it was fantastic crowds there for the, the bandits and the Final Four and stuff. So people will come out to watch winning teams. Do you want to know the truth about that, though, Michael? Did they give away a lot of free tickets? Ah. It's a way to fill the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not knocking that. Yeah, you, you give the first one free. You want more? Then it's gonna cost you some money, baby. I'm pretty sure, Michael. It was very important for them for the to be hosting that and for that stadium to be as full as possible. Yeah, they're sorry, that arena to be yeah. as full as possible. So, yeah, I, I. How many tickets were free? I don't know, but were some tickets uh, free? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Vancouver which 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 having said that though, I think they, uh, and I didn't watch it or anything. I was too busy. But uh, uh, some people I know who uh, who I read about who went and stuff. It was it was a meaningful experience, and they were like, "Yeah, I, I could see myself going back to this." So that's helpful for the yeah, team. Yeah, so that that's really... see that's sometimes what you have to do is like, I partly joking there, but it's like you do need to sometimes give away that free ticket. Or you do a parent-child thing where the child's free, the child enjoys it, and then the child nags the parents because they want to come back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's those kind and of things that you need to do. So Vancouver, after that defeat, rock bottom. Rock bottom! Ah. Well, you forget, you're forgetting that before that defeat, rock bottom. Well, yeah, I, I was, I'm just trying to spin it. Because they're even cut more adrift now, though, because Valor yes. got a win. Valor so got six a win. points off Valor. With, it was Meyer Bevern's return after his red card to the yeah. Cavs, and I, I'm always ha- I, I'm, yeah, my appreciation for certain clubs is, has waned over this season. <laughs> well, I mean, Vancouver's got nine games to go, so there's 27 points up for gl- grabs, so they could still get 41 points. It's the glass, the glass very full with a heavily intoxicated drink viewpoint. Uh, realistically, they're 12... No, they're 14 points back off the playoff line. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Are they going to set a record? Are they going to be worse than Edmonton? Yeah, let's hope not. It's a tough season for them. and They need to finish strong. I just... What I will say is I do feel they've got the foundations there to, to turn things around. There's a really good core. They just need a bit of a overhaul. A bit. They need a big off-season rebuild. But yeah, we'll see how that season plays out. Last thing I want to say uh, is just about Halifax. They announced this week that they're going to be launching two League One Atlantic sides next year mm-hmm. in the newly formed League One Atlantic. A male and a female side. They'll be the first CPL team to have their own teams in League One. Obviously, there is the affiliations that we've seen this year. Do you see this as a way forward? The CPL, a way forward to what? For, a, a way forward. Well, right. Two two things in this. First of all, 
do you see this as a way forward for CPL sites that they will have kind of a reserve team in League One? I mean, you've kind of got it that Calgary is, or Cavalry is going to have Calgary foothills because they were in League One Alberta. But yeah. they are run separate from the organization. That's more this like an affiliation. A, yeah, yeah, this is an actual... This is a fully-fledged team in. I, I, do, do you see this I, as a way forward? I can't remember if we, we talked about this on the show or just you and I talked about it, but, like, yeah, Halifax, I, I've known for a, while, a long time that Halifax is one of the clubs in the CPL that is passionate about having a women's team. And this is a first step uh, for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, a fantastic first step, all for it. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, it's great. So... Yeah, will other teams follow suit? Uh, I, I don't know. Will it be a league mandated like it was in the, the American League to have, a, you know, a second, uh, oh, like an official second yeah. team or an affiliated team? Maybe. Um, it, the, the bigger conversation in this is what will, will Halifax be able to be a part of not just uh, having a women's team in league, league one level, but having one at the... Yes, uh, the, full, the full level project. Yeah, I, I want to get Derek Martin on the show, so I might actually try and get hold of him this week for for our next show, just to chat about all of this because it fascinates me. Yeah, he's talked about he sees this as a way the women's team to then become a pro team. So right now, if it's going to be a pro team, you're looking at Project Eight, mm-hmm. and Diana Matheson has said she'd like a team in Halifax because it's one of her favourite cities. I think you have to look a little bit beyond that, but that that was kind of what she was kind of not joking, but that was really when she had her introductory press conference when she was talking about places she'd like teams. That is what she said, but realistically, well, also when you when you look at what Halifax Wanderers have done in Halifax, yeah, that's what I was going like to say. The most uh, overall, I would say. I mean, obviously people are going to talk about Forge, but I'd say overall, when you think about not just on the field, but you think about the off the field, you think about the stadium, you think about the engagement with the local community. And in terms of being in a place where I don't know what's going on with ice hockey in that community, but they're like, if not the, the, the biggest thing in town, they're yep. maybe you know, they're in the top two, one, one, two or three. Right. So uh, yeah, they, they've done a lot of good work there in a, in a place that was ripe for it. And yeah, of course, uh, Project Gate would be interested in, in going there because they can have a, you would hope they can have a similar type of impact. Yeah, and similar, it's a, it's a fervent hotbed of football support. And mm-hmm. for me, Derek Martin and the Wanderers are exactly the type of ownership group that Project Eight should be working with. Yeah. And but... if they're not because of the whole CSB deal and because they've said they don't want anything to do with that i i think they're making a mistake yeah but now remember i don't know all the, the formalities of it but there is some connection to scott young bob mitchell right there with the Halifax team possibly i don't no, know there, for sure there, yeah there's some connection there but i, I mean, don't, Derek I don't martin's know. done a done a great job Derek, oh Derek martin is the one who is the person who yeah. runs the whole thing but uh, the, yeah, it was interesting because he was asking for people's opinions about what the team should be called, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then he was a bit surprised by some of the pushback he got because they were saying, "Why don't you call them Halifax Wanderers?" 
and he feels he they need their own kind of identity, yeah. but under the Wanderers brand. I, I saw yeah. that tweet. He's like, now, we can I, do better. I, I don't agree with that. And someone used the Whitecaps as a good example. Because, and if you look over at Europe, like the Chelsea ladies, they're linked to Chelsea. You've got Glasgow Rangers. You've got Celtic in Scotland. You've got Barcelona, Real Madrid. It's all the names of the main team because mm -hmm. it gives, because supporters of a team want to support their team. All aspects club, of it, yeah. from top yeah. to bottom, male to female, in Europe, basketball teams, handball teams, stuff like that. I think it would be a mistake to move away from the Wanderers' branding. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't disagree with you in principle. I don't think that's going to happen, though. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think it is either. But, I mean, you've got the white caps. For me, in part, and like I've said to you, this is that's a a rehabilitation a rehabilitation project for them. Yeah. They're trying to rehabilitate their name in the women's game, right? And so, there's no. I I would be shocked if they named it something else. But yeah, yeah. But the I'd I'd like to see them keep it. But yeah, if, we'll we'll try and and get Derek on the show, see what he has to say about it. It'll be interesting stuff. Well done to the Whitecaps winning on lifting the League One Canada Championship trophy in the League One Canada Interprovincial Championship out in Langley this weekend. Didn't go out to it for a variety of reasons. One, the heat. Tom was there today and said it was absolutely sweltering. Also, wasn't too happy with some logistical things about the tournament. I'll go into that in a bit more detail in one of the future extra podcasts. That is it now, though, for the show. Just before we go, Zach, anything caught your eye that you, you want to chat about? Where can folk find you online? You can find me uh, online at Zachary A.M. I, I just want to say I appreciate you not bringing up the thing that made me the most angry this week, or I guess doubly most angry this week. Oh, I I was <laughs> going to drop it in at the end if we are talking oh. about the same thing. Oh, yeah. Let, let me just crack open this can of Red Bull. <laughs> No, but it, well, that, there's that, but it. Oh, the hurricane! The, yeah, so brutal. Like I cannot, I, I, I cannot understand. Like, oh, to be honest, so when this rumor started last year, I was just like, okay, this is just a Bratzo thing. And then when Bratzo left the club at the end of the season, was told to leave the club at the end of the season, I thought, okay, maybe it can die with him, <laughs> with him, his departure. And then over the summer, I was like, no, this they're really pursuing this. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And it's so ridiculous to me because they spent so much money, more money than they've ever spent on a player, for a 30-year-old player who, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying he's past his prime, but I, I probably think he's past his prime. At, at 30, maybe you'll have one, two, maybe three. I, good years I think left. he's still got a good couple of years in him. But, I, I say that but, as somebody that but, hates English players. But they could have... When they were trying to replace the world's best center forward, right? So I don't include Messi and Ronaldo in that conversation because to me they're not true center forwards. When they were trying to when they, the year before when they were trying to put, replace the world's best center forward. They had the opportunity to, to get or to make a bigger play for Erling Holland, who was had a release clause in the con his contract mm. that I think was roughly seventy million. You could have taken that hundred and ten million or whatever they they just paid. You could take 70 of it for the, the transfer. You could have used the other 40 towards his enormous salary. 
and and truly been can like set out to be dominant over a long a long period of time it was a player they knew incredibly well because they'd beaten so many times because he'd never actually beaten them in a match until he played for man city but he but he did score on them a ton <laughs> or not a ton but a bunch like a significant amount and i don't understand why you would go for someone so old for so much money at this at this stage in his career uh when you had the opportunity to go for someone who's on the other end not not without his injury issues in his short career but or his yeah shortish career but it it just so frustrating and boggles my mind and yeah like i, I don't say this to 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 upset people or to make you feel happy michael but yeah i didn't i don't really want I didn't really want them to spend all that money on an on an English player. Like I, I, I find, it's, it's, like as an outsider, I found it baffling that they were interested in him to start yeah. with, and I just I don't know. I mean, he will score. Well, he he yeah. And clearly, uh, after that that well, cup well, final, well, they need someone that can score. Well, the problem is, I mean, we had tons of chances to score. I know you probably didn't watch the game. We no, had tons of chances to score. Like, we we should have scored multiple times. Mul it was free guys. on YouTube. I I, I briefly oh. watched it and I saw oh, the was, score. I watched it on DAZN. It was, it, it, we had multiple players who could have come out of that match with, like, multiple goals, uh, which that was frustrating. And obviously, I hate Dead Bull. And so losing to them and giving them their third non-promotion trophy uh, is is extremely frustrating even though it is a one-off super cup and the, like the ultras in, in byron don't care there's only a couple groups that go and there's all these small groups from around the, the country that support byron that go but like the ultras aren't there there's no flags no like real support and stuff because they don't the, the european super cup they get behind but the the german super cup they don't they don't really they don't really care about it they don't think it's the bee's knees as the english would say i guess but um no it was it was, it was so fr so frustrating i will say this uh because i'm i am a fan of quality football if you haven't watched the match uh, you shouldn't but if you haven't watched the match you should at least you should at least go watch the second goal like Dan danny almo scored all three goals for dead bull the third one was a penalty the second goal if you haven't seen him michael he he does a sort of uh intentional slash unintentional roulette and then toe toe pokes the nutmegs Sven Ulrich. It's 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 a nice goal, um, uh, but yeah, I mean that's just all right. That's another thing. Like uh, I, I can't believe we we. There's another problem for Bayern. We we had five keepers like four weeks ago. We sold one. We sent one on loan, a two on loan, and then Manuel Neuer is injured, and so now we only have really have one one keeper, and he's not good enough to even to be a backup in my opinion. But uh, yeah, it's, well, there's a big problem. They'll be, they will be bringing in a keeper absolutely before the window closes because hey, we, Thomas we might be looking for a club. Yeah, no, actually, my flow, my buddy Florian. He, oh no, it wasn't it wasn't Thomas Sal. He messaged me. He's like, is is Callum Irving available? <laughs> <laughs> Would he mind coming? And I said, well, he's a United supporter, so he might he might have second thoughts about it. But anyways, very very frustrating, and then it made it even worse. That my my local club and my first love in club football both lost three 0 on the same day. It was very frustrating, and I couldn't watch them live because I had thing, commitments that I had to take care of. I know because I was texting you. I don't want to say anything. It, it was the first time in a long time. Oh no, first time I can I remember. I shut off all the notifications on my phone, so all because I didn't watch them until extremely late at night. 
So I had all my notifications off of my phone, except for the phone itself, but everything else off. And, uh, and then I got home and started, or yeah, we started watching them and it was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So what I'm hearing you saying is you don't think that Kane is evil. <laughs> nice, Michael. Nice. I do. I, sorry. I do want to say one thing about German football for the rest of the league. It was the opening weekend of the, of the cup. Um, you go on YouTube. Well, some of the games you can see on DAZN if you have DAZN, but go on YouTube. There's a couple really, uh, really good upsets. Michael, I know you love a cup set. Oh, I do. Um, what was the first one? Uh, Victoria Cologne from last year's ninth place team in the third Bundesliga. Uh, knocked out uh, Werder Bremen, which is really sad because that's uh, like, you know, Ian McHugh. Ian McHugh, he's one of our buddies. He, mm-hmm. he It's his team in, in, uh, in Germany. So I'll have to message him and ask him about that. Uh, and then um, Unterhaking. Uh, eliminated. Oh, Bavarian Derby. They eliminated Augsburg. I think two nil, which is a great. Any team that has hacking in their name sounds good to me. Well, when you when you if you're a, if you're a Bayern supporter and you hear Inter hacking two nil, it brings back some very 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 fond memories. But um, I think it was two nil. Anyways, they they knocked out Augsburg out of the cup, which was which was uh, which was interesting. And then there a bunch of the other games were like yeah, some a bunch of like. Lots of what time is it going on in the in the first round of the cup? <laughs> but yeah, I'm just making a little note here to cancel that Christmas present I got ordered for you of the Harry Kane replica jersey. Oh yeah, please do. Okay, I do. Although I do need like you know something in the bathroom just in case the, the paper runs <laughs> out. You can. I, I could always use it for that. Well, East Fife got their first point of the new season. In a one all draw against a team that had been down to 10 men from the 80th minute. No, sorry, from the 10th minute. They had 80 minutes with a man advantage and then they scored late in the game because basically the Stranraer keeper did a Columbia keeper fumble. Oh, wow. Like, like then, a double triple? Yeah, it was a double. Oh. And then we got the equaliser. But there's been seven draws from the first 10 games in the first two weeks of the season. So it's shaping up like the start to the CPL season. So a lot of parity. That's what you want. <laughs> That's it for the show. Give us a follow on Twitter, AFTN Canada, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. If you enjoy the show, leave a favourable review, some five stars, whatever you want to do on wherever you listen to it on your podcast. It always helps us out. And if you really like the show, you can subscribe to our extra podcast. $3 a month, $30 a year. Check out AFTN.ca to find out how you can do that. We will be back with another episode soon. Lots of interviews I hope to get lined up in the next couple of weeks. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mon their caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.